up everybody so we're back with another episode of the swift podcast today i bring on a former colleague great friend director and owner of pro level training motivational speaker father professional athlete um and much more i bring on joel green so joel welcome to the show man Man, thanks. I appreciate it, Ski. How are you, brother? It's been a while, man. I I, I look back at our NJAC days, and I'm pretty sure I used to pick on Joel for his height, this giant monster coming <laughs> in, and I would always always be like, man, I'm, I'm a midget compared to you. How you've, you've come a long way since those days, so give me a rundown. How's things? How's everything? Man, things have been busy, man. I, I miss those days, you know, back in the day, man. That, that was that was a great time, man. Worked with a lot of positive people. Yeah. Uh, it's been a busy road since, man, a busy road, yeah. uh, at least, you know, just, um, you know, furthering business, you know, from my, in my company and, um, you know, I'm a national director for Nike sports camps too. So, you know, just the, the, the duality of the two, we're helping each other grow. So I'm helping Nike to grow. They're helping my business and my company to grow. So it's, uh, it's busy, but it's, it's a, it's a great busy, man. It's better to be on board. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I remember back in our NJAC days and you, you're coming from ball into training. Yeah. I, I looked at the programming and stuff. And now you're on this whole side of like motivational speaking and you just did your yeah. TED talk. Um, so we got a lot to dive into. So talk to me about pro level training and the next level you've been doing for the basketball organizations and the youth population you've hit and what you've done for the youth and I know your father your boy's growing up and he's rocking it um so talk to us how's that been through the pandemic how's that been through the last couple of months and and you're still doing a great job so you're, you're still thriving out there thanks thanks I appreciate it man it, it's been uh it's been a whole lot of pivoting to say the least you know so as soon as the pandemic began to even, you know, uh, come about like early on, I'm talking, yeah. you know, early on for us over here in America, talking about mid-February toward the beginning of March, when we begin to hear things, um, you know, I was on the phone with partners during that first week of March and they're saying, Hey, we, we don't know what this is, but things might have to get canceled soon. And, um, I just remember I started to talk like, okay, well maybe we should do something you know, online, you know, we weren't even saying Zoom at that point, but we were just saying, what can we do online? We, everybody wasn't saying Zoom just yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were talking early as far as um, something. And just, you know, we have to be ahead of the game as far as, you know, Nike and, and what we offer, you know, uh, myself as a trainer, as a coach and what I offer, you know, how can I still exist? You know, uh, I, I thrive off of in-person you know, training and, 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 and camps and things of that sort. So, you know, we had to just pivot, man, and, and figure out ways to still be able to hit the masses, hit the youth, you know, for myself, speaking wise, I'm used to being on a stage in front of people. Like, how am I going to do that? And, you know, I just had to literally sit down at my desk and, and with a pencil 
and some paper. I, I didn't want to type anything up. I literally sat down with a pencil so I can erase some things and ideas and um, just started drawing up some game plans. And, you know, I, I immediately went outside when outside was still open, you know, um, fully and um, filmed about 60 drills. And I said, hey, we might, we might need these. And let alone things shut down some weeks later. And uh, we were ahead of the game. I was able to offer virtual basketball training and put on virtual basketball camps immediately, like in March. Um, while people were kind of complaining, you know, it was like, okay, well, we got this for you. And uh, it, it, was, it was difficult, but you know, we, we had to pivot. That's awesome, man. And way to be ahead of it. I think that's where a lot of people struggle is kind of getting ahead of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I agree, what do you happen when war hits and for Joel, when, when war was hitting, he was already one step ahead of it. And he's always been that guy. I, I gave it to his height because those one step taller than <laughs> this launches forward. But that's great, man. And then now you're you're on this whole level of motivation. I think you I believe you started the minute motivation. And I kind of stole that idea from you. I've been doing some of that stuff on YouTube myself, but I, I loved it. I loved the the energy. And that was you, man. Like you were the always yeah. that person. We went to work, smile on his face, always laughing, no matter what we said. And mm. that was the positive energy that you always presented and you're still presenting. Even when the pandemic hits, you found a resource for all these kids to essentially still work with you, be in front of you. And you started doing all these things virtually and you still had that same positive aura. And that's why I brought you on is to spread that positivity. So I want to ask you in terms of your eyes and your, your two vision and, and, and what you believe, what do you believe is the true definition of motivation? The true definition of motivation. Great question. I mean, I, I would say anything that, again, let's, let's break the word down. All right. So motivation, motive is in there, right? Something that gets you to move, you know? So it's, that's, that's how it is for me. Um, many times from, you know, from my end, people may call it motivation. I'm looking to inspire and to motivate at the same time um, by way of inspiration, something that's going to make you think, simply put, you know, I don't have to make you move right away. But if I can make you think on how to move, then you'll motivate yourself. So, you know, but again, when it comes down to motivation, man, anything that can get you to move, that can, you know, light the fight, the fire underneath you behind and say, okay, let me get up and do something. You know what? I'm tired of what I've been doing or what I haven't been getting. Let me go get something else now. That's awesome. And what's your, what's your motivation factor? What's motivating you to do what you're doing? Cause you're doing a lot, man. Um, I, and I know you're, you're a busy guy and, and there's a lot on your plate. So what's that, that's that fire. What's that fire fuel? I know your son's definitely a big part of it. Um, aside from him, what else is kind of lighting everything inside of you to make, make that impact, make that difference? Well, when you said my son, you probably said 90% of it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, literally, you know, my whole objective is to teach him the game. Yeah. Um, by, by me saying the game, I'm saying everything that I've learned in life, period. You know, every pitfall that I've experienced, I want to teach them how to not just avoid them, but how to handle them when they come, they come. You know what I mean? So it's not about saying, okay, here, I'm going to lay over the, the pitfall so you can walk over my back every single time. I want to teach them how to get around them. I want to teach them if he gets in it, how to dig himself out of it, how to get out of those situations. So, you know, everybody has their pitfalls in some form or fashion. And if I can, you know, deliver that game to him, that's what I'm doing. So, I mean, he's the primary reason, you know, outside of that, I love the feeling of success. And when I say success, you can break that down to fulfillment. 
So I love being fulfilled from the energy that I put out there for my, my effort, my output. I know there's nothing like putting a whole lot of energy into something and then seeing a return on it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, whether that be, you know, helping somebody, let's say for you, like helping somebody to use their body at full function again. Yeah. You know, to, you yeah. know to, that, that feeling is like, man, okay, they, they come to you and say, man, man, I don't feel it anymore. I don't feel that pain anymore. There's nothing like that type of fulfillment. It's like, man, you know, what I'm doing is worth it. Like what that energy that I'm putting out there, that effort, no matter how much it is, and it may be a whole lot, but it's worth it in the end. So that's that's what is the driving force for me, man. It's like just I love that. I love being fulfilled, you know, and I love impact. So if I can impact people with my words or with my physical action, I'm doing it. Yeah, dude, I love that you said that, right? And I feel the same gratitude now. I left training. I'm still training, but primarily I'm in physical therapy now. And I love the feeling you get when a patient comes to you at their at their worst stage of life, that injury, and then you turn them into some sort of like, not a legendary athlete, but like they move like they're athletic and you put them in that, that fulfillment within is what drives me to continue doing what I'm doing. And I'm going to kind of use that motive to kind of have you tell people, on you and I both know we've, we've dealt with a lot of failures in life. And I had a conversation with a friend of mine and what failure does for me. And I'll share that after, but there have been moments in your life where you were unsuccessful and I was unsuccessful. What do you take failure as? I mean, I, I tell, you know, people when I'm talking about failure at any time, I let them know that failure should never be an end point. It's a midpoint, you know, first and foremost, you know, it's only truly, in my eyes, a, a true failure if it is your end point, if it stops you. You know, it's a part of the process. You know, if you're failing at something, you probably just means you're trying. You're trying to get something done. You know what I'm saying? You know, and it's for me, it's I'm an athlete, so you can say like you win some and you learn some. Like I don't take a true loss. You know, like if I failed, I failed at a number of things, but in the end. I try to get away from that thinking of, oh, I failed, as opposed to, you know what, what can I take from that? There's a seed in every failure, you know what I'm saying? So it's, that's where my, my eyes, my mind goes to, and I've practiced to have my mind shift to that immediately. You know, I've been, again, I've, I've failed a ton, man. I've had objectives and goals and have come short. So, yep. you know, we can say that, yeah, I, I failed. Um, but... They don't, they don't upset me like they used to. It's yeah. more so like, okay, this ain't the end, so I'm good, you know? <laughs> and that's where I was at, right? So I remember when you were working with us, I have got rejected a few <laughs> times from PT school, right? And I remember having conversations with you and other guys. And I'm like, guys, I, I got rejected. I'm like, all right, so what's the plan? What's the next step? And I always admire, and I always want to teach people, is like, it's a midpoint, right? I was like, mm, hey, I really got rejected, but it doesn't make you that person, right? The, my value as a human being still exists. I have the same knowledge base, I have the same morals, same aura that I'm presenting out there. I just didn't complete this test. So how am I mm. gonna get there? So failure was my, my fuel source and motivation to continue on, right? Exactly. It was like that desire within is like, why do they want me? I, I belong mm. there. I know I want to get there. How can I get there? And mm. I know I've seen some of your content. You talked about it a few times and I had a friend that I was discussing with. I was like, yo, perfect guy to give me some other insights on it. Um, <laughs> So let's talk that transition. So you, you're a business owner, you're a motivational speaker. How is that 
that energy is the same. You're the same person oral wise, if not more positive and more vibrant than I've, I met you the first time I met you. And I haven't seen you in a couple of years, but I right. feel like I haven't really left your life from everything I'm seeing and everything right, you're right. doing. And that's that positive vibe that you want to instill. And I say with other guys, so how's that transition been for you from business owner to speaker and like kind of balancing everything and being a father figure, especially for your boy and getting him on the right footsteps. And I hope the NBA is in his future too. I'm pretty sure it'll probably be in his future too. Um, but like, that's a, that's a hard juggle, man. So how, how are you doing with all that? It's uh, it, it takes organization to be honest, man, you know, faith, prayer, preparation all, all the above you know what i mean I, I literally pray every morning when i wake up yeah. whether it be 4 30 wake ups or my 5 a.m wakes up wake ups first thing i do is, is pray you know for about 25 minutes man i pray for organization you know what i mean that i don't feel stressed throughout the day and overwhelmed because i know i have a lot on my plate and um you know i pray for my son's day you know what i'm saying i want him to have a great day you know so that's first and foremost for me man it's prayer and just preparing my mind for it all, you know, but at the end of the day, man, it's, 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 it's not as difficult as a lot of people think, man. From my end, it's, it's all about perspective. I've been through a lot of difficulty early on, man. I, I grew up, you know, I grew up in North Philly, man. I grew up in an abandoned house, for goodness sake. You know, we had graffiti on our walls and stuff, holes in the staircase. We had to pay, hop, we, it was like we played hopscotch around the holes on our <laughs> staircase, man. Like we had mice, we had, you know, it was, that's what it was. Like we had, we used to get hype. Me and my two brothers and my sister, when our parents would bring home these large trash bags uh, of clothes, they were donated to us from the church. Like we would sprint over to the bag and start digging through them. Like, oh, that's my Mickey Mouse, you know, sweatshirt. Like that, that was life, man. So for me now going through things like that early on in life, man, the violence that I, I witnessed early on, I was 10 feet away from a shooting when I was six, man. I never forget it. 1991, man, I was like right there and I was the only person there. Outside the, the kid that got shot and it was me right there. I thought I was going to get hit in the back when I ran, you know, and it's again, perspective, man. I have a knife put out on me when I was nine, called the N-word when it happened because I was in the wrong neighborhood. Random stuff like that, man. It makes what I go through now, cake, cakewalk. You know, so it's, you know, a lot for a lot of people it may be tough. Like, oh, I can't do this. I can't hit I'm like, okay, cool. If I get a, if I pursue a, a business transaction or a partnership and they tell me no, like straight up hard, no, I'm like, all right, cool. And I, I have literally a note for myself and on my desk, no equals next opportunity and no next opportunity. So, you know, it's like, I thank God for the, the difficulties early in life. Now it's almost like I had a vaccination early in life. Now I'm immune to the difficulty. That's, I didn't know that about you until today. And it kind of now, you know, now, it, now it kind of makes sense because I feel like that was you. That was you as a as a trainer when you were by her side. Mm -hmm. If someone didn't really believe in you and your work, you're like, all right, who's next? Mm -hmm. And you put me through some workouts and I died, mm -hmm. instantly died. And I was like, this is too much, but you still pushed me. And I remember those yeah. days because yeah. you were the leader that kind of picked up the young guys, right? I was a young, mm -hmm. young athlete and even a young trainer at the time. Um, and it's amazing the resiliency you develop as a, as a youth and you yeah, go through and it makes you appreciate what you currently have and yeah. that's your true drive as you continue to push forward and i commend you for sharing that story with us um and it's right. a lot i gotta tell you one more thing man because this is something that you know I, I don't overlook you know you asked me earlier like why you know i go as hard as i do and things of that sort of obviously my son 
Yeah. Uh, a big factor since high school for me has been my brother. My brother, you know, he died when I was 17, right? My oldest brother. So for me, I, I, I literally made a promise to him, you know, that I'm going to, I'm going to kill it. Yeah. Period. You know, I remember I told my uncle, my uncle was like, you got to find a way to pick yourself back up because he wouldn't want you to stop. So I, I, I doubled down, got myself a D1 scholarship and I made the honor roll for the first time in my life. Like I didn't even care to make the honor roll ever until he passed. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna finally do what he's been trying to push me to do. So even today, man, that was now, man, shoot, that was 2002. So that was 19 years ago. I think about my brother literally every day. And the crazy connection is my brother, he passed away on February 16th, 2002, right? My son was born on February 16th, 2013. Wow. So that, it's, it's, it's so much that's a driving force for me, man, to where I think about, and anytime I'm like, I'm kind of down, I'm feeling it, I literally, I, I literally, all I have to think about is that, and I'm like, I'm good. I get up, I, I, I move. That's my motivation. That's what gets me to move. You, you find that one thing that truly sits in your heart. Yeah, man. I didn't know that connection again until today. And it's funny, right? So when I was going through my, my scrolls and stuff. I saw your name pop up and I'm like, I really don't know how to run this conversation with him, but I know he's filled with so much insight and so much knowledge and, and positivity that like just hearing those two things itself of your story just explains to me one, the type of person you are and what really motivates you in life, but also why you are great at what you do. When you see hardships like that, when you see those, and I've seen my fair share of hardships plenty of times, and we've talked about mm, it. Right, right, right. I know. And mm. like we we put in such hard work working for an owner that was not the nicest human being in the world. And we we know that. That's why we all left as quickly. So we that. but you're you use your hardships and failures to enhance your value as a human being. And now you know your true value and true net. And you're kind of immune to certain things. You're immune to negativity. One, you're immune to rejections, but you built that resiliency over time. I think that's what people are doing during a time where people are very overly sensitive because of the pandemic and everything else they've been limited to. And that. so like, if we backtrack to, to what Joel talked about at the beginning, when they, you know, pandemic hit your company, they're going to, quick, quick thinking, how fast can I get back on my feet? And how can I continue to spread my message when I'm not used to that? So getting out of that comfort zone, but you've been doing that since day one. Like since you were a kid, you've been out of that comfort zone. I had to, <laughs> I had to, man, really. Yeah. When I didn't even want to, I had, you know, I, I literally had to. Absolutely. And, and mm -hmm. again, man, that's, that's an amazing story. And I think that's what I've been trying to tell a lot of my clients. And even now in PT, right, we see like people have that mindset and we have this whole pain neurodynamic uh, model where you look at like the psychosocial part of it and like start to dive deeper into the human being and start to dive. Mm -hmm. We think performance mentally, how are we going to charge them in? So like when we talk about your athletes, right, before you even get on the court with them, and I've seen some of the content, what you do is you speak to them first, you get them mm -hmm. amped up and you get going. So you get their mind turning, you get a good vision of what you want and you get them going. Yeah. Now, if we talk performance and in your eyes, you work with a lot of youth, you work with some mm -hmm. professionals, you're, you are a professional, mm -hmm. you're a D1 athlete. What do you think in terms of the mental capability of how much the mind plays a role in performance? Man, amazing question, man. You know, so last night I was on a Zoom call with about 25 kids 
eight, ages eight to thirteen. Okay, all around the country. So right now, I'm doing some virtual a virtual Nike camp with you know kids all, all over, literally from you know Florida up to Washington, okay. Washington State. You know, so coast to coast. And I was talking to the kids last night about mental training. I was telling them about the importance more so of you know, having a strong mind toward the sport <laughs> and towards its difficulties. You know, I was letting them know, you're going to have some opposition. You may have opposition as I'm training you. And I told him, I said, look, if I give you a drill or a certain objective or exercise, and you're having a tough time with it, do not stop. That's the worst thing you can do. And that's the main thing for athletes that they have to understand is when they, when they are faced against that, that brick wall, not, not a soft little rubber wall, you know, that brick one. I'm talking about that one that seems like it's hard to really break through. Most, not most, but a lot stop. Like, man, this is too tough. I'm not even going, I'm not going to get any blisters trying to break through this wall. I'm not going to hurt my fist. I'm not going to hurt my toe trying to kick through this thing. And they don't realize that literally they made me take three steps to the right. It was a way around it. But most just stop and they just see what's right in front of them as opposed to taking a step back and zooming out for a little bit and see like, oh, it was actually not that bad. And that's what I tell athletes all the time. Stop for a moment, zoom out. Stop looking at what's right in front of your face because that's gonna be the most stressful viewpoint you can have. If you stop, breathe, zoom out for a little bit and you see the whole picture, at that point you say, okay, you see it from different vantage points. Yeah. You're actually not that difficult. And I know that from personal experience as an athlete. Man, going through different slumps is tough, but if they can just learn how to like, just not stop, just grind their way through and say, okay, man, I suck right now. Sure, okay, I do. But what can I do to get out of this, you know, that, that slump and yeah. things of that sort, man? And it's, it's so important, man, just to have the mental side because there's so many great athletes that we will never know because they weren't mentally strong. Yeah, um, but mentality, one of the strongest athletes to live the face of the earth and you still practice his ways, but you can kind of take that advice away from athletes to everyday individuals, like stepping back from mm -hmm. what's stressing you, step away, look at it and attack it with a different resource. A great piece of advice. Mm -hmm. And with that folks, we're gonna take a quick break and I'll be right back with you. Welcome back folks. So we're sitting here with Joel Green, who's been an absolute delight of speaking to, and he shared some great, stories with us, great advice, great tips. Um, again, Joel is the pro director of the Nike Pro Camps. He does pro-level training. He's a great trainer, former basketball player, still plays ball. He's been a great friend for me. And again, just such a positive human being to be around. Just recently did a TED Talk. And on the break, we were talking about him giving you history piece of advice. And if you haven't watched his TED Talk, definitely do it. I've seen it. So I'm not going to tell you what the advice is going to be on. I'm going to just let him have the floor. It's all you, bro. And just lay it out for us. All right. So I'll give you guys exactly what I, you know, the three points that I gave in the TED Talk. The TED Talk itself was about bringing about more equality. And I provided three steps to help bring about equality. However, these three steps, it's this they can be provided and applied to life, period. So the, the first step as far as is to help you guys to, to persevere, you know, to get beyond, you know, the onset even of failure, just to kind of even see these things coming and to help you guys to get beyond those things and stay motivated and inspired is I always tell people that first have a childlike imagination. And the reason why I say to have a childlike type of imagination is because kids literally 
children, they don't know, they're like oblivious to the impossible. You know what I mean? They, they have no clue what can't be done. So if you carry that type of mindset and that level of imagination as a kid, as a child, then you'll actually make yourself ignorant to what's impossible. And that's where we need to be as adults because we're too stranded and we're too stuck in our place as, you know, because of statistics and, you know, difficulties of other people, we think, okay, that must be our difficulty. And that's not the case. You need to be like a kid and say, you know, no, it's possible. I can get out of this rut. I can do X, Y, Z. This hurts, but you know what? Maybe this or that can happen. So you have to ha kind of think like a, like a kid. You ask a kid how to get to the moon, I guarantee you they'll tell you a way to get to the moon. Even if it sounds silly, they'll tell you a way. And that's what I love about children. You know what I mean? They, they really, their minds are so engaging. And we lose that as we get older, but we need to regain it. So first have a childlike imagination and see yourself out of whatever you're going through. That's the first thing, you know, because if you can't see it, it's going to be hard to step into it. Um, step number two is something that I've never heard anybody say. I've been telling people this, you know, since I kind of formulated my, my primary talk back in 2015. And I always tell people to need their wants. And this is a really important step for you guys because this is the, the, the area, this is the determination, the, the drive step. This is what gets you moving. And the reason why I say the need your wants is because we'll always say that we want stuff. We want all these things, but we don't realize how optional our wants are. You know what I mean? Like if you don't get what you want, you're cool. You'll be all right. You, you don't realize it until you don't get it. You're like, oh, I'm, I can move on. But we don't get something that you need. Oh, that scars you, that hits you deep. So like you have to begin to need, you know, your wants, like convert that want over to a need and watch how, how, how your pursuit changes. Like you'll start chasing that thing down as if you can't do without it. And you'll start to see the difference between the two pursuits. Like when you want something, you'll ease after it. When you need something, you attack it. Like if you need, you know, 200 bucks in your right pocket by this time tomorrow, I can guarantee you, you will have it if you needed it. Now, I will hope that everybody does it legally, but no matter what, I can guarantee that people will have it in the right pocket. If you wanted it, you'd probably come up short and have like $199.99. Yeah. So just realize that I want you guys to start needing your wants a little bit more, make that conversion as opposed to just always saying, I want this and I want that and not realizing that your wants are optional and you'll come up short more often than not. Um, so that's step number two. First, have a childlike imagination. Then number two, need your wants. Uh, my third bit of advice, the third step is to focus on the journey, guys. You know, you gotta focus on the journey because everything in life is about a process. I mean, once you, once you break a certain age, everything has a process. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's not as clear cut as it used to be when, you were, when we were kids because when we were kids, things were given to us. We didn't have to earn things that much. But the moment you break, probably 14, 15 years old, the process began. We had to start earning stuff. You know what I mean? And, you know, expectations came about. Accountability was now attached to our name. So, you know, focus on the journey of it all. Don't, don't be too focused on the end result of it. You know, don't, don't stress yourself out about the end result. That's really not that important. You know, people come to me and say, oh, man, you, you, you've done this, you've done that, you've been on TV, commercials, TV show, all this stuff. And, like, man, you're really successful. I'm like... I don't even focus on that. I, I, I just enjoy the process of it. I enjoy the journey. You know, my whole objective is, okay, get in, do what I do, focus on today. Tomorrow is going to take care of itself. So, you know, don't stress yourself thinking about too much about tomorrow. 
or, you know, what next year is going to bring, focus on enjoying today. You know, do great things today, but that's going to prepare yourself for tomorrow. It's going to take care of yourself. You'll have the things that you want, but you got to focus on the journey. And just, you know, what I like to tell people is to have success of success. And that simply means have success today. When today is going and tomorrow comes, have success again that next day. Don't focus too much on the road ahead. You know what I mean? Just focus on today, you know, and that's going to help you build on the next day. And it's going to, you can, it's going to bring everything you want, no matter what. So those are my three steps, guys, my, my three tidbits, um, you know, to have that childlike imagination, to, to need your wants, and to focus on the journey. I don't even know if I can ever close out a show after those three tips um, coming from you, but those are great pieces of advices. And I think, like he said, it goes past an athlete, it goes past the individual, it goes to anyone that really wants to change their life for the better. And you truly have a focus on a goal and vision and utilizing that, right? I have never heard of using my childhood mm-hmm. imagination, going in that mm-hmm. process and changing my wants and needs. I've done that plenty of times in my life mm-hmm. without even realizing it or having someone else do it. And it makes a difference on how successful you do become. Mm-hmm. Um, and the beauty of it is if you were listening to us for the last 30 minutes, when you listen to his story, when you listen to everything he said to you and even his piece of advice is, at no point did he ever chase success for the dollar amount or at no point did he chase success for a certain paycheck. Those all followed. What he truly chased was setting an example for his boy, setting an example from what his brother wanted him to do and being successful for the man he is, but making a better life for himself so he can better life the generation of him that comes after. And that was what truly drove the success point. So having that die hard inside a motivation factor that touches your heart is always going to help you. And now it's like stepping away from yourself and realizing on what to really focus on. I think we get so worked up in life to chase success that we start to focus on a million things. Yeah. Look mm-hmm. at his life. And if Joel came out and he wasn't focused on just the basketball camp at one point and just this, his son at one point. And I'm pretty sure at one point in your life, you were purely focused on your boy. I remember those days. Absolutely. And then out of nowhere, you came yeah. in. And, and that's the beauty of it. And that's when you take his piece of advice, focus on the journey at hand. And the journey for him could be just focusing on his son, that journey of mm-hmm. watching him grow and yeah. watching his business develop. So Joel, I thank you again for the bottom thank of you, my thank you for coming on. I know you're a busy guy and we, we got you in at the, at the perfect time with right, no right. script, no nothing. I just came at mm-hmm. you and here we are today. So um, I appreciate it, man. it was a true, true delight. And I hope to have you on again for sure. Of course, man. Of course. Appreciate it, Ski. Yeah,